Hello, it's Bruce T here with another podcast. This podcast is based on Mark 1, 29 to 39. So last week we focused on authority. We saw that Jesus had the authority, he used his authority, and people could also see his authority and the power to carry it out. In fact, it was stated that he taught the scriptures with an authority not seen in the scribes. As we said last week, Jesus was involved in the formation of the scriptures, he knew them explicitly and he knew how they were supposed to be put into practice. And from that he was able to criticise the scribes and the Pharisees who accused him of doing things wrong, when in fact they were the ones that should have known better, as they were studying the scriptures but couldn't see who he was, the Messiah, the suffering servant. Jesus had authority while on earth and demonstrated this. After Jesus had paid the price of our sin, as he was the sinless Lamb of God who died on the cross of Calvary and was raised to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, he was then given all authority. Some authority was delegated to us and we talked about the concept of the already and not yet whereby Christian believers are encouraged to pray for healing, preach the good news, go into all the world with the good news of Jesus, which we can do now until we get to that time when Jesus returns and brings in the Millennium Kingdom, where he will be in charge. And it says in Revelation 21, 3-4, I heard a loud voice out of heaven saying, Behold, God's dwelling is with people and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, death will be no more, neither will there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, the first things have passed away. So now to this week's reading, which is Mark 1, 29-39, which follows on from last week's reading. Immediately, when they had come out of the synagogue, they came into the house of Simon and Andrew, with James and John. Now Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. He came and took her by the hand and raised her up. The fever left her immediately, and she served them. That evening, when the sun had set, they brought him all who were sick and those who were possessed by demons. All the city was gathered together at the door. He healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out demons. He didn't allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, he rose up and went out and departed into a deserted place and prayed there. Simon and those who were with him searched for him. They found him and told him, Everyone is looking for you, he said to them. Led to go elsewhere, into the next towns, that I may preach there also, because I came out for this reason. He went into the synagogues throughout all Galilee, preaching and casting out demons. We look now at the term immediately, because Mark's gospel is a gospel of action, and we can see that by the amount of times he uses the word immediately. In the last passage, last week, we focused on authority, but the word immediately occurred three times as well in that passage. It's from the Greek word uthos, which is an adverb meaning straight on. 
which could also mean direct, directly, and it is translated immediately or as soon as in most translations. It just indicates the way Mark saw Jesus working quickly and builds up the notion of action in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus didn't hang around, humming and ahhing, he acted and got on with his ministry. Then we see the mother-in-law. Now in my town there was a comedian called Les Dawson and he always used to tell jokes about the mother-in-law. One of them was this. Tomorrow is the mother-in-law's funeral and she's cancelled it. My mother-in-law has so many wrinkles when she smiles she looks like a Venetian blind. That may be the comics version of a mother-in-law but taking this back to the first century, Jesus was coming to a house after the synagogue and the women of the house would be preparing the food. They would be excited that Jesus was coming to eat there and there would be lots of things to do. When we think about Mary and Martha and Jesus visiting that house, Martha complained about having to do all the work. So there was plenty of work to be done. They just couldn't cook a TV dinner in a microwave in those days. There would be a lot of preparation to do for a meal. Also, the serving of it. So you can see, Peter's mother-in-law would have been heavily involved in the visitation of Jesus to the house. We could say that she would have been ashamed that she couldn't do it. It bothered her because she couldn't do her bit and probably worried about the outcome. This was a special time and she needed to be on her game to be able to get this completed. So when Jesus healed her immediately, she was able to get up and do the task I imagine she wanted to do. This would be her responsibility and she wouldn't want to let her in-laws down as Jesus was visiting. Jesus then went on to heal many in that town. So we look now at Jesus' habit of private prayer. Jesus got up early, Jesus got up early and went into a deserted place and prayed. He'd been used mightily the previous day, so he needed to recharge, hear from God, the Father and ready himself for the day ahead. Do we get up early and give us time to pray before work? The Bible says to go into your room and pray. This is not something to put on a show for. In Matthew 6, 6 it says, but you, when you pray, enter into your room and having shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. It was pointed out to me that this isn't always easy when you are in a small room with somebody else and cannot go and shut the door. Then maybe you need to do this with what the Jewish people do and that is to put a prayer shawl over your head like this and in that way you have a room where you can pray. It's also good to pray with other people. I used to go to a house group where people would bring forth their prayer requests and we used to pray for these. Now being an introvert, I used to think, God, what do you want me to pray for? And invariably, something would come to mind. So I prayed out loud for this request and usually I was the only one praying for that particular thing. In that house group, you used to make a note of the prayer requests and refer back to them, noting how they'd been answered, which is something you can do with your prayer requests as well when you pray privately alone. Prayer is an important part of the Christian life. As the hymn goes, 
what a friend we have in Jesus, and then refers to all the things that happen in human life, and it says, take it to the Lord in prayer. And the Bible also lists things that we can pray about. For instance, our leaders, our ministers, our government, family, friends, as well as specific items that we need a specific answer for. So it's great we have the Holy Spirit with us, enabling us to pray and bring to mind some of the things that we need to pray for. Remind us of scripture verses, generally helping us to live this Christian life. The disciples go out looking and they find Jesus and they say to him, everyone is looking for you. Surprisingly, Jesus says, let's go elsewhere. Why were they looking for him, do we suppose? For food, healing, teaching? But Jesus didn't want to be bogged down in one place, but he wanted to go to synagogue after synagogue. Jesus' mission was to go through all the areas in the Galilee. So what about us? What are we called to do? Well, after we've been born again, that is accepting Jesus as the second person of the Trinity and asking him to come into our life and saying sorry for all the wrong things that we've done in our lives, we get a relationship with him, a relationship with him and the Holy Spirit, and then he might have a task for us to do. Some of us are called to stay, stay in the situation we are at at the moment, being a good parent, brother, daughter, etc., working well in the family. Sometimes it's working well in the place that we work. Some to pastor in a church, maybe. Some are called to go into all the world on missions to these different countries that need to know more about Jesus. Some to go and work in the workplace and be a Christian influence, or in this day and age, an influencer on social media. We are all called to be a Christian example wherever we go, and we need to let the fruit of the Spirit indwell in our lives as the Holy Spirit cultivates it in our life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, helpfulness, and self-control. So we need to go into all the world and do what? We need to preach. We have a message to proclaim. We have a, a story to tell, the stories of Jesus. And what did the disciples preach. They preach, repent and believe. That is to accept Jesus, who he is and what he has done for you, paying the price for our sin, the consequences of our sin on the cross of Calvary. And he gives you eternal life, joy, peace, love, hope and a new life and also eternal life in the time to come. But we need to do this gently and with respect, as it says in 1 Peter 3.15. So may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you his love, his joy, his peace, enable you to have a private place where you can pray, but encourage you to meet with others, to pray, to hear the word. In the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. So until next time, bye for now.